Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Everybody, welcome to the Kickstart Podcast presented by ProTaper. It is uh, it's Wednesday. We had a couple of uh, communication snafus, and we're all in four different places in the United States right now. But Alex Ray, Chase Curtis, and Michael Antonovich are on the line with me for today's installment of the podcast. But uh, I guess the first thing in order is talk about Loretta Lynn's because that's where... Uh, Good old Michael Antonovich drove to last week, and he sweated his ass off in the heat and humidity of Loretta Lynn's Dude Ranch, right? Oh yeah, that hole has no wind moving in it, <laughs> and it there's uh, not a lot of shade either. Like in the middle of the track, you got to go find it, but even there, you're just like, God, it's so hot. Like the first first day that I was there, when I got there Wednesday afternoon, I had like the full in the sauna like everything was going good and then boom full body breakout sweat i was like oh fuck it's on the rest mm-hmm. of the week now <laughs> uh but then i stayed a rail know where i'm talking about in a town called paris tennessee like 45 minutes oh, away yeah. from the track yep that's Great only that's only like 25 minutes from my actual house yeah in tennessee and cool. yeah and it's super close like it's it's really close geographically it's just like back roads to get over to the track and I woke up on Friday morning at like 4 a.m. And it sounded like somebody was power washing the windows in the hotel. And I was like, great, you know, here we go for a full-blown mud race. Because we'd been talking about that last week, mm-hmm. you know, that it was going to rain. And then drove all the way down to the track. You know, the three inches that had dumped at the hotel had tapered off as I got closer to Waverly, where the race is. And uh, by the time I got to the track, it had never rained. It was bone dry all throughout the parking lot. And then the only thing that happened later in the day was like a scattered sprinkle. So they dodged all the weather all week and we just sweated it out. Yeah. It was a hot one. Wow. Anton, did you, did you take a, uh, a picture by the infamous catfish in Paris, Tennessee? I didn't. I just saw the oh, okay. park. I didn't see the catfish. Wait, was it the uh, catfish, no. like the fishing, uh, at the lake? Oh no. So you were over by Paris landing, I'm assuming, uh, like yeah. by the lake. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. There was an amazing golf course. I actually played it like a couple months ago whenever I was at home. Uh, amazing golf course over there. It's a great place to stay. But no, like they have like this big like mascot looking freaking thing whenever you go into like uh, actual like Paris downtown. And it's mm-hmm. just this big, it's this big ass catfish and it says, Welcome to Paris, Tennessee. It's, like, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing ever. It's just like a big but, statue? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Big ass catfish. Yeah, there's like a 60 or a 70 foot tall, like two scale replica of the Eiffel Tower in this one park. Uh, that was over mm-hmm. by my hotel. Uh, yeah, that's cool. My dad actually used to go deer hunting down there, like way, way back in the day. Nice. Wow. Anton, did you experience uh, the beer tent any of the nights? Um, I haven't. I've never gotten to oh, that. I always stay too far away. I'm not trying to catch some kind of DUI down in like, you know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. Humphreys County, Tennessee, you know. 
You're just gonna have to. T- you're just gonna have to pack up like a tent down there one night and just pitch and a just tent sleep on the back seat of their car. Yeah. yeah, that's. It's just what you're gonna have to do one night. Like you have to experience Loretta's with the beer tent. You got to experience it all at once. See, I didn't even have like a beer the entire week I was down there because from the first day when I was sweating it out, I'm like, man, the last thing I need to do is be sweating silver bullets out. Like that's just mm. it's gonna be terrible. So mm. I just I had to skip them all last week. Hmm. More dehydrated. Hey, so um, I didn't log on and watch anything. I obviously I kept up on Instagram and stuff, but uh, it looked like there were some guys that were like had great first motos and then crashed out of their second motos and people that we thought were yeah. going to win didn't win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was, I was on YouTube. I mean, I'm hurt, right? Like I don't have much to do throughout the day and like whatever Loretta's usually comes around. I'm, I, I feel like I watched almost every single video or race on YouTube. I, I don't know. I just, I'm just a fan of the sport, I guess, whether it be amateur racing or pro racing, but yeah, the results all around the board, there was uh, DNFs everywhere, like Ryder D, uh, Deegan, DNF, and then, you know, they had some wins, and then you have guys like Gavin Towers who got wins and on podium, and, like, he was super stoked. And then Avery Long, uh, you know, he was going – What did, did he go five for six or six for six? Five for six, I think. Five for six, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know much about him, and he had a different, you know, upbringing with, you know, the whole moto community and and stuff. Like, I I guess he had a a background a little bit with Michael Lindsay, from what I hear. And then, uh, you know, my like, I don't know about you guys or how much uh, Chase, if you watched anything or uh, Anton, you were there. I don't know how much you've seen, but I watched the super mini classes so close. Liam Olaf, Olaf. Oh yeah. yeah, dude. His last super mini moto, uh, I don't know if it was one or two. I think, he, well, he won his last one, but the, I think super mini won, you know, he had to win or beat uh, this uh, Fapani kid uh, to win the championship. I mean, dude was all over, like, I don't know. He was headed to the front, made all kinds of passes, got sketchy, like had gnarly saves. And then the leader crashes and then he's leading and then he crashes and then like, I don't know, man. It was the gnarliest race, I feel like, of the whole week. And I don't know. Like, he never gave up, and he was just fighting the whole time. Yeah, and he got burnt out the last, I don't know, five minutes of the moto. And, he, you know, his hard charge kind of came to an end. But, like, for him to still get second in the class, and I don't know. He was ripping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. That that was my surprise of the week was Liam Aloff. Yeah, but he won Super Mini 2, correct? Yes. Title. Yeah. That kid is awesome. Yeah. And, and like, it just goes back to, like, me watching him, like, you know, race Loretta's and like, watching him do so good. And it, like, I don't know, it hits, like, a soft spot <laughs> for me because like, I've seen him at Glen Helen and I've ridden behind him. I've wrapped my bike wide open at him to get out of the way and he does not flinch. He doesn't look back. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> he just stays his line. And he will race you to the death. And he's like on an 85 in, at Glen Helen. Nothing faces the kid. And I think that a lot of that, I mean, yeah, we all pro guys, we all hate that, right? At Glen Helen, you know, whenever there's a kid like right in the main line and he won't get out of the way, we hate it, right? But like, that, I feel like that type of mental toughness for him to just not look back, to keep his line and just to keep rolling no matter who the hell's around him, I think that helped him so much, uh, you know, this 
this whole week. That, mm-hmm. That's something that like I thought about whenever I was watching him race in the Super Mini classes. It was cool too because he just recently started getting help from that Rides Unlimited team. Like six months ago, it was just him and his dad, and he had a couple little yeah beer sponsors or whatnot. So yeah, I remember he didn't yeah. race the Super Mini class because he said it was too expensive. Right, like to right. build a bike. So yeah, yeah, yeah cool. I mean, and if I'm like honestly, if if I'm Ryan Holiday, if I'm you know uh, Daniel Blair, I don't know if he, I mean he's like the Orange Brigade trainer. I don't know if he has anything to do with signing guys or. Or, you know, the guys at Husky or uh, that Rock River FSA team. I'm looking at Liam Olaf. Olaf. Olaf, Olaf, I don't know. Olaf. I'm looking at him for the future, for sure. Yeah. Bad dude. Hey, so did I see uh, uh, our buddy Enzo Temmerman? He won his first moto of the week and then had a bunch of bad luck after that. Did you get to see him race at all, Anton? Yeah, I did. Um, I saw one of the motos where he went down pretty early and kind of right right at the tail of the field with them was pushing, and you could see him just, like, steadily making up time all the way through. You know, it wasn't one of those crazy, he immediately got back up into the group and then was dicing his way forward. You know, he was pretty far back when he got up, uh, and the bike did seem a little tweaked, but um, hot and cold week for him. But the Cowie guys are stoked on him. You know, everybody was pretty happy about them there. Um and then to see, you know, the little Timmerman too, I think he did pretty well. So he won a title. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So is that Enzo's cousin? It's not his brother, I know. Is it his cousin? I know it's not his little brother. There's just two of them. It's him and uh, Mika. I think it's a cousin, maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a cousin. But, uh, so, uh, uh, how how did it work out with him on a 250 in the 450 class? Because he's not old enough. Yeah, at Loretta's, is a 250 even a disadvantage? Because that track is so tight. I would only I say for the of, start, right? Yeah, I kind of heard both ways um, this week. You know, with it being that you can't be over or under a certain age riding the 450 there. But then this year, um, quite a few people, you know, went back and forth on like, you know, this is a 250 track, especially with it being so dry and hard and slick like it is now. But then other people are like, well, you have to have a 450 to get, you know, the advantage to drive out of the ruts and jump over stuff. And so it's kind of whoever you talk to. Cause even, even when I walked through the pits and then talked to riders or talked to people from teams, it was really hard to find a general consensus on like where the track was or how the track felt, because, you know, you saw predominantly a lot of intermediate Navi tires, but then you saw some fast guys running scoop tires. So it was really like, tricky to figure out all week hmm. you know like, yeah, honestly i think it shows everybody's strength just like that tra- that is a great equalizer track because of almost the simplicity of the layout but how difficult like it is yeah and everyone always talks about how loretta's gets so rough and it's a different type of rough but i think the different type of rough comes from all the different types of motorcycle or all the different sizes of motorcycles you have 50s, 60s, 80s, super minis, 125s, 250s, 450s, all of these bikes on the same track each day, right? And it forms a lot differently with these, I guess, braking bumps because a lot of these smaller bikes are braking a bit early and all of that. So, like, that's why I think um, Cole Martinez, I think he had more of a a, uh, softer setup, I guess, with going from uh, the work stuff. Mm-hmm. I think he had a little bit more of a softer setup for the 
bumps. I don't know. Whenever I watched the the races, it seemed like a lot of the guys, like in the pro sport B class, they set their bike up a little too stiff. You know, it, it looked like they just the bike was nervous around the whole track, and there was a lot of arm pump. A lot of people had issues with arm pump this past week. So um, that, and then I also seen something on one of the Deegan vlogs is uh, about going back to tires, Anton. He said that uh, if they had a moto before noon, they went with the paddle, and anything after noon, they went with the intermediate tire. Mm, okay. Mm. Yeah, because it, it was, did have that hard base underneath. Yeah, it was, and it was really, really hard. You know, it was dry, uh, everything to it. And to your point, A Ray, on how much those lines change, uh, what was a fast line on one day, where coming out of those. Uh, tight S-curve sections, you know, in between the Ten Commandments and going back to Storyland, Ryder D found that really nice line up on the far left edge and was able to power through. Well, the next day that line's not even usable because you can't get all the way to the inside because the track changes so much because so many people ride it differently through the day-to-day. Yeah, it's wild. And coming out of that left-hander before you head into Storyland, the ruts were all the way up to the base of the jump. Like, that turn did not look fun at all. And it kind of ma- it makes a difference too. What class is on the line, or what class is on the track while you're on the line, right? Like if you have yeah. like a eighty-five race and you're on a big bike, the lines form up a little bit different. Yeah. Also, how they would prep the track too, because I noticed that like you know certain classes get it ripped a little deeper in some spots. Like if you have an eighty-five or a super mini class, they're not gonna shred it as deep as it would be for like back-to-back big bike motos, especially mm-hmm. up to like the first second turn. Um, but you know, they did, they did a great job for going back there, you know, after the flood last year, there were so many questions on how things were going to be. And and so much of that soil and all that, that had been mixed in had gotten wiped away. So I think early in the week, there were so many people that were finding those real hard rocks and those real square edge holes, which was blowing out the wheels. But then more and more people were launching that big sand single, um, than ever, which was also blowing them out too. So this was like a really, really weird year to kind of go about everything. And, and like to what A-Ray said, suspension troubles. Everybody was going through suspension stuff. You know, Hymas was talking to Factory Connection every time he came off the track immediately to tell them what the bike was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just a lot of that pretty much all week. There was for like a dude like Martinez, who I think is so accustomed to long motos and then just like cruising it out like Cadillac style. That was probably the perfect setup for down there. Mm. Yeah. So uh, ultimately, what did happen to Ryder De Francisco? So he blew the bike up in one moto. Um, you know, he just doing those pro races has been good because all these kids are learning what it takes to do that. But also, when they're on their, you know, pro spec equipment, it's a lot different than the amateur bikes that are out there for the exact reason, like the Deegan claiming rule. So it sounds like Ryder was like a little bit more used to the power of the other bike and was overriding which kind of Mm -hmm. led to the one mechanical issue, but kind of overall all of the issues because he was trying so hard to go so fast that it was just forcing mistakes and forcing errors like the front flip that got him. You know, I saw, I have a photo of him from after the race and he has his Jersey off and you can see where the bike tagged him on, on his back, Mm -hmm. but it was a good week because he won a moto, you know, he was in contention for that title, you know, just the last two days is when things kind of got difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what it was like for him uh, mentally to go there after he's, you know, been in the top 10 at a pro national. Is it 
to still have to go back to Loretta's one more time? And was yeah. it like the pressure of him to just sweep the thing or, you know, like, was it pressure from the team or from himself? Yeah. I have to kind of wonder about that a lot, about a lot of guys like Talon Hawkins and about Hymas and all of that. And then even Deegan in a way to know, Hey, this is probably my last Loretta's because this one seems like a bigger deal than ever for some of these kids, you know, on track does their graduation down there. So there was quite a few kids that graduated, but do they even had a prom one night, like full on like girls in prom dresses and dudes in prom tuxedos. Like I saw Casey Cochran in a tuxedo with air Jordans in like 98 degree heat looking miserable. And I was like, damn, but if you're a kid and you know, this is your last Loretta, last Loretta's, you know, that's gotta be pretty cool. And like, that's gotta be a heavy week. Highness said he hadn't really thought about it being his last one yet, but until we did how was your weekend he's like yeah it'll it'll set in soon yeah now everyone's talking about hymas maybe underperforming at loretta's but if we take a couple steps back and i mean he had a a tough red bud combine too did we hear something about him tearing his acl uh i don't think i ever heard that i just knew like even at the combine it hadn't gone great but those were more like errors that he was coming back from on his own. Oh, mm-hmm. I got you. Okay. Yeah. I so didn't he, know. you said something about it being Deegan's last con- uh, Loretta's, but isn't he B class right now? So yeah, he's B class. He's B class. Straight, straight to pro. They're saying Iron Man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So is that is that so influence that of Chad of, Reed? I don't know because that was kind of the the. The last moto of the week that was like of any notoriety was Schoolboy 2, you know, and because Hayden lost uh, the 250B one because of the wheel blowing out earlier with Evan, you know, everybody knew he was going to get that one. Um, and so, like, as that race was going on, you just like, you hear the announcers be like, all right, yeah, so this is probably, you know, Hayden's last one, Hayden's this, Hayden's that. And then, you know, to top off like a pretty tumultuous week, uh, yeah, they think he's just going to go run. 250 class at Ironman, not do this weekend at Unadilla. But then even if they don't and he does the combine, like, who knows? But, you know, Brian and Jensen from Star both told me, like, 95% chance that they would go pro before the end of the season. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. But still, he could probably do super – he would still be able to do, like, Supercross Futures and all of that next year. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, a bigger point that I kind of want to say later uh, because – all of those like premier amateur events are going to be more important next year. And I would think that like they'll use Hayden wisely through those races rather than just be like Anaheim one. Here you go. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like he has to get gate drops so he can race Ironman. Right. So I heard that he might be possibly, uh, I don't know if this is true or not. He's going to have to do some races, some pro-am races to get his pro license. So he might be doing some amateur days at, some of the races that are coming up mm. is interesting. Yeah. And they're not afraid, you know, to do that. I heard a story over the weekend that back at like the red Bud combine that they got there on Thursday to, you know, help set up and get everything ready for Friday's real combine, you know, for the real ride. Well, that was when practice was for amateur day, you know, for everybody that was local racing at red Bud. And so then like Hayden went out on the track and started doing some motos, which then prompted everybody else to go out and, ride and do all of that and you know as we've seen from brian and we've seen from the whole family like they'll do what it takes to get hayden ready to go 
you know, they are definitely not shortcutting it in any way. They're lining up at the places that they know they need to line up with a really big strategy to get him ready for when inevitably that first pro race is. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys want to talk about the uh, claim at all? <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, from what I had heard, and I mean, I heard it straight from, from Davey Coombs. So people are going to take that for what it is, but I mean, if anybody knows it's going to be Davey at Loretta's. Right. Um, it was a kid who had had the money kind of, from what I had heard, fronted to him by his engine builder for a YouTube series. And they wanted to tear the bike down and kind of go through like, hey, this is the Deegan spec. Like, this is the exact parts that are in the Star 250 and bike. And then sell a package as their own, which is like pretty genius. You know, <laughs> that, that's a pretty smart package. And like to what I think is pretty much common sense. And like we said earlier, there's nothing in those bikes that Star is going to do that uh, – they're going to be able to get for like $20,000 in the impound. Loretta's. Like they're not, they're not going to do that, you no. know? So, um, they, inev- they inevitably or eventually withdrew the claim. And mm-hmm. so everything just kind of went away and there was much more to it. You know, there was a lot of AMA discussion on what they were going to do with the bike because Hayden still had another race on it, uh, that schoolboy two race. But, you know, pretty much before the end of the night or by the next day, it was sorted out that, that bike was not going to go home with anybody but the star guys. Mm-hmm. Wow. But yeah. I'd even been thinking about it going into the week. Like, man, when's the last time like somebody's bike got claimed? Like it seems about time that that's going to happen. Like, yeah. The last one, like I, the year that it's going to be. The last one I even remember was the Alessi bike that got claimed. I think that was a yeah. super mini, right? Did that one actually get ended up getting claimed? Like someone took it? I think so. Wow. It was a Varner bike. It was a Varner 85. Wow. Mm. I don't know. So speaking of Varner uh, and Alessi, was there any crazy like Mike and Tony Alessi uh, stories, I guess, from the week? I did hear that he got docked. Uh, yeah, for, for doing like, the start. The yeah. <laughs> yep. Which is hilarious. I heard about that at the end of the day, and I was like, wow. For uh, doing a practice wow. start on the parade lap? No, he turned no, his cycle like... around in the, uh, in the staging area. And then just kind of dump the clutch a couple times to rough up the starting gate and then throw some dry dirt up over the front of the gate. And the AMA guys saw it. So when they dropped the gate and they let him go out uh, for a siding lap, they brought him back and they're like, you're not starting. Anything. And they moved him all the way to the end. But, you know, they were pretty serious about it this week, too, because uh, even Daxon Bennett got docked like he showed up with too many people working on the bike, like something happened before one of the motos. He had too many people working on it, and they moved him to the last gate pick before before the gate dropped. Oh, wow. And even even like the whole Heath Harrison thing, whenever he jumped the gate, like, and they fully restarted the race and still docked him a full lap. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that. Yeah. I was too. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy. Like going into that last twenty five plus moto, watching Michael Essie like just has his like his jersey sleeves rolled up you know has his forearms hanging out like full rhino you know and just yeah i don't know it didn't get a whole shot the whole week either class really Jeez. yeah wow. Heath harrison i think went five for six no way Dude, or, yeah, either five for six or six for six six for six yeah i think he he got all the whole shots that hey, he got the he hit the gate 
and went over it, got the whole shot, whatever. They reflag, they red flag it, line everybody back up, <laughs> drop the gate. He gets the whole shot again, dude. I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> uh, typical Heath doing something like that. That's just that's right up his alley. That's awesome. Hmm. What other standouts were there, Anton? Um, Caden Braswell. I mean, that was unbelievable yeah. for that kid. Uh, I had said something after the Red Bud Combine, you know, like, hey, that, that was pretty good. That kid's legit. Um, he His scores didn't really reflect it because he had some issues, like, late in the races. But he had charged forward. And, like, he kind of caught my eye because he had, like, the full Troy Lee kit on on a gas gas bike, like, down to the Oakley goggles and all that. I'm like, well, he's got to be kind of on the flow ground somehow. But <laughs> and he is. But he's, like, not. So Beaker's his agent. And Beaker's like, yeah, he doesn't have a deal after this week. And Mo, like, from KTM, I was like, hey, Mo, what do you guys do with him? And he's like, do everything we can to keep him. Like, we have to keep this kid. And uh, he's good. I mean, he's he's legit. He's a bigger guy. He's not, you know, like Ryder D, smaller size, like, waiting for the growth spurt. Like, this kid looks kind of like Sexton Geyser build, even. Like, same haircut, same everything. And when you watch him ride, he's super planted, super stable over the bike had the endurance like late in the races. He was pretty good. So I, I hope that he does some of these last nationals, but I would bet he does the combines. Um, I don't think he did one supercross futures race last year. Where he's, he's been, been hurt. Like yeah. yeah. And there, there is a lot of, you know, Oh my God, where did this kid come from? But even um, Ryan holiday from Cali and I were talking on Saturday and he was like, you know, everybody that's surprised by him needs to just go back the last five years in the results. And this kid is consistently in the top seven of any class he races. He's won titles here. He's won motos here. Like it's not that big of a surprise. He just figured it out this week. And like, we've always known he's capable of this. It's, it's good. So, I mean, his stuff looked great. I, and I want to see where that kid goes from there because it's just another one of those instances where the surprise kids coming out of the red is now, it's not the kid that's at the training facility that you've been hearing about forever. Yeah, and too, like he has a good personality too. Like, I mean, yeah. his uh, his podium speeches were were pretty hilarious. Pretty entertain- yeah, they're entertaining. I like how he would be like, "Well, you, Mister Weege." The first time I heard it, like my ears perked up, and then the second time, I was like laughing pretty hard. I was like, "That's pretty good, Mister Weege." Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but dude, there was there was just so much kind of going on with everything too because. This year, there were a lot of guys that were down there that you hadn't seen back. You know, like when I went in 2020 and 2021, you know, everything was kind of different and and people were still kind of trying to figure out what was working. But then there was a lot of guys down there this week, like pro guys making visits. You know, Josh Hill leading sighting laps, Axel down there, uh, Wanky doing freestyle shows, um, Justin Cooper, Levi Kitchen. Like everybody was there through the week. And so Adam Cinderella was there as well, yeah. Oh yeah, AC was down there for Cowie and Fox, and like, it was good to see so many people back because even in this lull, you hear so much about what's going on. Like me and Cooper were just Cooper were talking, and he's like, "Oh yeah, no, we've been hitting it hard. I'm trying to come back big for these last few." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Well, how's how's riding with Christian been? Like, what have they said about Team USA?" And he's like, "Well, Christian's been riding with me every day. Like, we've been battling every day on the 250." So. To know that about Team USA, that it's going to come down to these two, I was like, well, that's pretty interesting. I wonder if it still does get figured out by Unadilla. And then by the end of the day, Mike Pelletier from the AMA told me, he's like, no, we're going to have to wait till Bud's Creek to oh, announce wow. it. But wow. it, has done, it has to be done by Bud's wow. because, like, 
the Sunday or the Monday after that is the cutoff to get your entry in. So like no. they have to make this decision in these next few days, but what Christian does or what Justin does in this next little bit is it. Um, so both guys want it, you know, and Mike was even like, do you think Justin like would be upset if we gave it to Christian? And I was like, yes, very much. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So Christian is practicing and training on a 250, and then he's going to go race a 450 this weekend. Yeah. And, I, dude, honestly, like, after looking, he did an interview with EJ for Racer X. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian did. And, like, it would be dumb for Christian to drop down. It really would. Like, I see where so many people think that, but, like, he's going to get enough time on that 250 that racing a bunch of 250 kids isn't going to make a difference mm-hmm. because his biz- biggest obstacle, if he races a 250 of donations, is going to be getting past 450 guys right now. So, and he's in a good spot in the championship. Like why deny him a, a chance to be top five at the end of the season, which is what it's going to look like this year. Like mm-hmm. just keep it going. Um, but yeah, it's all hands on deck to try to get both of those guys figured out. You know, Justin said that they've been doing every moto together. They worked it all week last week to get ready. And then, like I said, Pelletier said they won't make the decision until after this weekend and then announce it at Bud's. Did, did they say why? What time are they wanting to see how if Jacob can do do what he did at Washula that second moto again? I think they want they pretty much want to see what can still happen, like how much is really there for Jacob. And honestly, too, uh, figure it out. Like figure it out pretty well and know like even if you pick one or the other, you're going to need one as a as like a pretty good backup. Yeah. You know, so that's that's not a bad play, but. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see how like the other guy takes it if they don't get picked because both dudes want it really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Does it sound like there's any animosity between the two of them? Uh, not really, but you can tell that like Justin really, really wants it. I haven't seen Christian in a little bit, but Christian's interview made it seem like, Hey, he really wants it because like it would cap off that like amazing year. Like we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other big thing that I had heard was the Rides Unlimited team had kind of morphed. Yeah, what lane. That? Yeah, so that's kind of that's been in a little bit. So everybody was on seven stuff. So which had kind of been happening for a while, but then Ethan gear now too, and then that could lead into the 450 team for next year. That has kind of been talked about since the Rocky Mountain team shut down around St. Louis. Um, and Colt looks like he would ride for that Nichols. So kind of all of those things coming together for next year. Oh, for that wow. Group. For the rides wow. unlimited KTM team. Yep. Yep. So no so, more. Hat. And that's cool. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like that. Huh. And so it sounds like Colt's even been like riding a little bit, um, down there, but who knows, you know, if, if the heffing, you know, I hadn't heard any more about that in a bit. And pipes had been really trying to lock down his guys for World supercross. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't heard anything about Colt in a little bit, um, but yeah, some people tied to the team were like, "Oh yeah, no, we we're hoping it's Colt and like maybe Joey, but we'll see." Wow, huh. it's so weird how like guys that are hurt are just let out of their contracts early so they can get other stuff done. Yeah, like the James this year thing. more than ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Jmart might come back. He's pretty eager to race. Like while we're on the topic of him, wow. So he might show up no. on on a Club MX bike this year. At Ironman, yeah, maybe. Wow. Gosh, that's strange. <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. 
Hey, let's uh, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. We'll be back for more. Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. With over 35 years experience personalizing your suspension setups, Racetech Gold Valves provide a plush feel which drastically improve bottoming resistance and increased traction. Hey everyone, Don Moetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next cleaning air filters or changing oil. Tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel-related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, this is Colt Nichols of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team, and I rely on Guiltless Food Co. to keep me fueled properly, feeling 100%, and is super convenient. It's healthy food that doesn't suck. Sign up at GuiltlessFoodCo.com. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey guys, it's Ryan Villapoto. Now that I'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors, I'm able to choose my partners when it comes to building my bikes. I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long. Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user-friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at BackyardDesignsUSA.com. G'day guys, this is nine times X Games gold medalist Jared McNeil. Off the motocross bike, I spend plenty of time cross-training on my intense mountain bike. From the super fast and efficient sniper cross-country bike, to the aggressive primer and tracer trail bikes, or even the amazing taser e-bike. Every intense is designed and developed in the United States and built to the highest standards. A life on two wheels certainly includes pedals too, so give the crew at IntenseCycles.com a look. Everyone, welcome back to the Kickstart Podcast presented by Pro Taper. Um, so there's going to be some things that we see this weekend for the first time. Uh, we'll see uh, Shane McElrath on the uh, Club MX bike. And uh, Dylan Frandis is coming back, is that correct? Yep. yep. And Dean Wilson and possibly Malcolm Stewart. But uh, And uh, I just looked on Instagram as well. Uh, Nate Thrasher will be back this weekend. Okay, nice. Okay. 
Yeah. So, so with all these guys coming back for stars, like I, I've been seeing uh, Jordan Smith riding at the farm and riding the bike with the guys and, and battling with them. Do we see him ride a star bike by the end of the year at one of these outdoors or no? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. It depends on like, is anybody not coming back? Uh, I think, I think Romano, he might be back as well because this would be his home race too. I yeah, think I a think lot of these guys are, are coming back. Yeah. So, I mean, with yeah. everyone coming back, I mean, I don't really see there being any room. So, okay. So then back to the Loretta's thing, because this is kind of important um, with the conversation I had with Jensen. I was like, hey, you know, if Deegan goes pro, what do you guys do with your amateur program? And he's like, yeah, that's kind of another thing that we're trying to figure out. And that was something I had been thinking about earlier in the week with star advancing so many of their guys out with Romano and Blanc, you know, going pro before Loretta's and now Hayden doing what he's doing. And they're already being a pretty good two Yamaha teams at the amateur level. Yeah. Like, is there a place for there to be a star program, especially as they dedicate so many more research or resources to the pro class? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, you know, just because there are really, really good kids down there, like Avery Long kid that won that award, but he's on a good Yamaha team. You know what? If, and, and yeah, I mean, that he did that, uh, that one. The NSA team is a great team, too, where Evan Ferry is. Like, they did very, very well all week. I know. I mean, I'm sorry. He's on that team already. I keep yeah, thinking the that he's on the – Yeah, I keep thinking he's on the EVR team for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that Rock River team, I mean, they have a lot of good guys. You know, they have the uh, – I guess they have Rock River. Good Parts Unlimited uh, sponsorship with that whole thing. Um, you know, Ed Torrance does the engines there for the lights bike and the 450s. Um, I will say that Ed Torrance, his engines are very, very good. I remember I raced one of his with one of his engines in my Rock River bike in I think 2017 at Monster Cup, and that was one of that was the fastest, best running 450s that I rode with in Supercross till this day. Hmm. Oh, wow! Yeah, so that that. That Ed Torrance, the whole Rock River, Yamaha, NSA team, like they have, they have their bike. They have really good bikes. I will say that. Hmm. And they, I mean, they, they made a Yamaha that would pull a freaking hot rafter on the track too and outdoors. So, <laughs> so, uh, Anton, I mean, a lot is going to happen this weekend. I mean, where, where do we place Ferrandis coming back? I mean, and then also, what a race to come back to and make your first outdoor of the year, Unadilla, right? Isn't Unadilla is like one of the roughest ones of the year? Can you speak on that, Alex? I would say I don't know if it would be the roughest one of the year. I would say it's the ruddiest one of the year. You know, I don't know if you guys remember watching uh, Unadilla in 2016, but it was literally a rut around the whole track. Like the track layout is so fun, but I don't understand if it's because of like the, the rain that comes through most of the time throughout that time of the year or, or what, but the track just gets so ruttered all around the track. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just difficult. You know, I mean, I think it's going to be something to where, you know, the European riders stand out. I think, you know, eat, uh, I don't know if Eli does he struggle there. I mean, I'm sure he's won there, but I feel like it's more of like a Ken Roxon, Chase Sexton type track, 
or like a Jet Lawrence, like someone who's more, I don't know, like proper on the pegs, you know, takes Stand her time. More. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Tomac, he's just more of a bulldog and he just wants to bulldoze his way through it. Yeah. But I don't know if that's the best way to go about this track. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I put Ferrandis anywhere like, I don't know. <sighs> Shit, don't I'm going to say I'm going to say anywhere from three to five, three to five, because I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't really know like the whole deal with his injury or anything. Like, I don't know. He's been posting pictures in Cabo and you know, he's, he's all over the place right now. So, (laughs) I mean, he's been quiet. He's been quiet for the past few weeks, I'm sure. But like there for a good bit, whenever he was hurt, he was, you know, traveling around. So I don't know how much prep he has coming into Unadilla. I know he does want to make a statement, but hey, we'll see. I don't see him touching the top two, though. No. Uh, yeah, I don't either. I think there's – I don't think there's really any shot of him getting the top two. But you never know. He might surprise us. Yeah. Yeah. It's Dylan Ferrandez. He's got the number one plate on his bike. And I think that's important, too, for him to come out and race with the number one plate because we haven't really seen that much in the 450 class over the last couple of years, right? Because we had, you know, we had Zacho, and then he didn't get to defend his and – and all of that, so we haven't really seen it very much. Yeah, yeah, four fifty class. So then Dino's coming nice back. To see the number one out there. Dino's coming back, and what this last four is his retirement tour from outdoors farewell motocross yeah. tour. I oh, I, yeah. I ordered the shirt, haven't gotten it yet, but uh, <laughs> so I, I I know that like from what I understand, Nate Dog, you know, wanted Dino and Malcolm to come back at this race. And uh, I think it's still not determined for sure not if Malcolm will be there or not. Uh, it will be his first national in, like, I think five years. Wow. And I, I think someone looked it up. It was 2014, the last outdoor national he did. What? No, for it TLD hasn't been Honda. seven years. Has it been that long? It was, T- was it TLD Honda? Yeah, it would have been yeah, TLD Honda. Yeah, I don't think he – he never did one for JGR. Yeah. But, yeah, I was, like talk, in- I was talking to him and he goes – what kind of first national is that to come back to? Unadilla. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I don't know. Uh, we'll see if he comes back or not. I think it's to be determined today. Mm. He hasn't texted me yet, so I don't know. But on that Dino note, if you guys haven't already, go check it out on YouTube, SML Show. Yeah. Uh, interviewed, hosted by yours truly, Alex Ray. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a joy, Alex, to... Uh, <laughs> to to turn that chair over to uh to you as our guest host i think you're doing a phenomenal job and and the uh the youtube comments and the comments on our website and instagram they're all they're all very positive i think you're doing a great job and that's honestly that's honestly a breath of fresh air because a lot of these people they don't understand how hard it actually is like i'm like sitting there i'm nervous as hell chase sees me and i'm like trying to come up i'm doing my research before i mean i'm you have to come up with the with the questions on the fly and then you never know what he's gonna say or you know what you can talk about what you can't talk about it's just it's a lot yeah it's a I lot it, it's a uh it's something that you get comfortable with and uh yeah. relaxed and, and yeah i mean there's certainly shows that i do where i do some research beforehand but shit for the most part i just wing them all but yeah, I did read the comments on YouTube, and I think there was one comment 
that says that I should interview you, Swap, because I don't think you've ever been interviewed. Duh, always uh, Daniel, Daniel Blair interviewed me. I was on oh, that, he did? I was oh. on that. What is that called? Behind the motos or behind the gator? I don't know. On the track. On the track? Behind the Off the track? What is it? You did it yeah. too, Anton. Beyond the track? Beyond the track? Beyond. Yes. Yeah. Oh, got you. Okay. It was like a it was like a Zoom call interview. Oh, well, that's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. Let's do it. No, I think that would yeah. be good. That'd be like no, I mean, from... the actor studio where Dave Chappelle interviewed James Lipton. You should watch that A-Ray to get an understanding of it. Okay. All right. It'd be, it'd be yeah. a very good interview. You should watch it. I think, yeah, I think a lot of these people would want to hear about, you know, how you went from three wheeling uh, to, you know, to two wheels and how that transitioned into you getting a camera and, and learning how to take photos or, you know, wanting to do this whole freaking media thing. And then you could talk about, you know, the whole thing at Transworld and how we all like, I don't know, all four or five of us, like all tra- sort of transitioned into this whole like swap moto live thing and. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun. I think it'd be I think it would be nice. Yeah. Speaking of the three wheel start, I think Chase <laughs> Chase could speak to this. Uh oh. We got we well guys, Chase and I went to Kawasaki headquarters. Was that yesterday only? Yeah, it was, it was like yesterday. it was like a dream, so like uh, I just I've lost track of time. Yeah. We went and we saw John Rawl cool. at Kawasaki and uh he loaned us a uh Okay, what's the model? SRX ninety five hundred. No, no, no. It's an it's a Kawasaki SXR. I think they dropped the fifteen hundred, but it's it's fourteen it's fourteen hundred and like ninety eight cc's of of enjoyment. <laughs> so we picked up oh, a, we picked up a stand up jet ski to goof around with since it's so damn hot here, and uh, I haven't ridden a stand up jet ski or I've never ridden a stand up jet ski properly. I've but I haven't tried to since I was in my 20s. So I was like, yeah, let's get one because Chase is all into jet skis right now, right? It's his, it's oh. a, it's his hobby of the moment. Hobby of the moment. But, but we're there, and I say to John Raw, I go, hey, is there any chance we could go into the museum and I could lay eyes on the 1987 Kawasaki KXT 250 Takati three-wheeler? Because... Mikey Williamson and Big B and some other people have sent me pictures of it, and I've just been like, "Oh man!" So there is this brand new three wheeler in the, in the showroom, and it's uh, you know, I mean, I think all you guys can relate. Like, there's one bike that you wanted as a kid but never got, right? Well, that's mine. Yeah. My, it's that's my one trike I never got because I switched to uh, dirt bikes in '87, but uh. Dude, the thing was sick. Even Chase said it looked sick, right? Admit it on air, Chase. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. uh, but yeah, I got I got to see it. I sat on it. It was like uh, like John was super cool. He gave us a tour of a bunch of stuff. We saw a lot of cool things, and we saw Tom Cruise's uh, I don't even what was that? Was that a he had his like KZ one thousand or the, the the Top Gun bike, right? Yeah, and then they had their the what three hundred horsepower one from the recent movie. Yeah, the new one. I mean, that was cool and everything. And I got to see the you know the bike that Tom Tom Cruise rode and uh, Tom Top, Cruise cruised. Tom Cruise cruised and Top Gun, but it was nothing like seeing that three wheeler. <laughs> but, on 
was it you, Don, that did the the uh, watercraft clothing modeling? Yes. Oh. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know if any you had any of that stuff. So. <laughs> Um, uh, that magazine's somewhere in my office. I don't know where it's at. Yeah, I wonder if you could find if I bet you could fit into it now in your in your you know in your mountain bike physique right now. I bet you could get in it. <laughs> you probably look better in it. Yeah, I told I told Jace that I've been on the cover of Jet Ski magazine this before, but like always on sit downs, never on a stand up. <laughs> what? Where are you gonna ride it at? Like, where can you even take them right now? Everywhere, Anton. The beach. The lakes. We're gonna go yeah. to uh, what's that place in San Diego? Uh, Mission Bay. Or Mission something Bay. Like that. Mission Bay is sick because oh, yeah. the the girls used to uh, play a soccer tournament down there, so we always stayed in a hotel on the bay, and I would ride my bicycle around. Yeah. But yeah, we're gonna go there. I'm gonna Dude, crash. I'm gonna crash without two wheels. <laughs> Are you getting a special Bell watercraft helmet? You know. John said something about wearing a helmet, but isn't that dorky? You're not going to wear a helmet, right? Wear them. Huh? It's like the racers wear them. Well, I'm certainly not a racer. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I might wear goggles because when I fall, my contacts get blown out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah. Seeing that three-wheeler was super cool. I kept seeing this Honda three-wheeler. Uh, all weekend parked outside this like bowling alley and it was pretty clean it made me it made me like stop and look at it a couple times like yo like what's up with that thing i put it on the back of the rental car in loretta at loretta's yeah on the way down there like Like someone would ride it for transportation on the street like to the bowling alley yeah oh wow yeah yeah i I think anything goes down there i I really do a ray would know better but it looked like anything goes down there what did they (laughs) Three wheelers, Don. Do you remember what year? Oh, uh, it was like 1988, I think. The Consumer Product okay. Safety Commission ruled them unsafe. Huh. That's when they made That was a big deal, wasn't it? It was a big deal, but you know what? I graduated two wheels by then. I didn't care. Yeah. I remember <laughs> so, always, like reading in old magazines about like how much that just like was such a shift and like how bad it was for everybody. Mm-hmm. I went, I went back to your Instagram story, Don, to look at this three-wheeler, and then, like, as I'm looking at it, it just goes over to the next story, and it's, all I see is freaking Biggie Zoid, dude, with his bald <laughs> Yeah, so, so Chase and I had quite a day yesterday, or I, rather, I did. <clears throat> we decided to go to Glen Helen to, uh, you know, do some riding and get some content, and A-Ray, you'll like this story, so Daddy Frank and... Uncle mm-hmm. Mark, they sent me three sets of 2023 hardware gear, right? Three more than what I got right okay, so far. Okay, so you know that you know the all blue set that's like the all black set, but it's blue. Oh yeah, I got that. Yeah. I got the green mm-hmm. camo, and Just I got like you wanted the black and white camo, right? And so I was fired yeah. up. So Saturday, I took the green stuff to Paris. Medium jersey, 30 pants, fit perfect. It's great. Went to Glen Helen yesterday, grabbed the black camo. Dude, I couldn't even, like, I, I I could barely get the pants over my butt. They were 26. They're, like, mislabeled bad or something. I don't know, but, like, I couldn't even cl- come close to zipping them. So, so I walked around the uh, track all day in street clothes and Adidas Crocs and 
shot video. Didn't get to ride. But, Jeez, uh, man. But, uh, but Chase rode several motos out at Glen Helen. And uh, I talked Scrub Daddy into letting me shave his head. It was awesome. I don't know if I've ever seen Scrub Daddy ride at Glen Helen. I've seen yeah. him only ride there once. And it was too bumpy, and he went home after, like, one moto. <laughs> He's scared of the hills. Yeah. But, uh... <clears throat> But yeah, maybe so, he's just like Chad Reed. He shows up there and the track's too rough. He just goes home. Like, yeah, no. Nah. Says he has Epstein Bar. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when we had that SWAT Model Live race at uh, KCRP a couple months ago, it was like an unknown track to both Scrubby and I. So I was like, hey, let's make a bet since neither of us have an advantage here. Like, winner gets shaved the loser's head. And he's all, all right, I'm down, I'm down. And I told my wife about it, and Eileen's all, you are not taking that bet. Because your head is square, and you'll look like a blockhead if you shave your head. So I had to tell him I, I'm tapping out of the bet. But then, uh, I don't know what I... Oh, oh, did you see the thumbnail from my vlog last week? The picture? I didn't know. So it's a picture of him making a funny face, but like I used Photoshop to make his afro bigger and more misshapen. Okay, I was hoping you did that. Yeah, <laughs> you saw <laughs> I was just like, Jesus Christ, what the hell happened to him? I made his head bigger than a helmet. But uh, he's all, dang, my hair looks too messed up in that picture. I'm going to have to cut my hair. And I didn't tell him I photoshopped it. So then I was all, hey, let, let me just shave it. Let me just shave it. And he's like, no, nah, no. Nah. And I'm all, he's all, I'll be scared that my helmets won't fit anymore. So I told him I would get him a new helmet if he let me shave his head. And he agreed. So I unboxed the uh, the Manscaped lawnmower. And charged it in the van. And, uh, yeah, we had a good time. I'm glad that was a first use. First for the use? Lawnmower. Yeah. 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 It, <laughs> it hadn't shaved my nuts previously. but uh, the, So I shaved the big uh, cul-de-sac in his head and told him the battery died. <laughs> he looked like, uh, what's that clown from that movie, It, that was in Pennywise. He looked like, <laughs> he looked like Black Pennywise down in the gutter. But we got it eventually. But there was uh, quite a uh, quite a amount of uh, fro floating around the pits in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, what else? What else do we have to talk about? We shaved Scrubby's head. We saw three-wheelers. Picked up new a jet ski. The new Yamaha. Yeah. yeah, the 2023 Yamaha. Things badass. So this... This has probably been the most embargoed motorcycle I've ever like witnessed, right? Like usually there's leaks, there's photos, there's yeah, they everything race it out in, on the internet. Or they'll race it in Europe or Japan first. And... Yeah, but this is like I did not see one glimpse of this motorcycle before today. Yeah. They did a good job. Yeah, Man, they did a very good job. <laughs> Rich Taylor was trying to get Chiz to tell us stuff ahead of time and Chiz was like, I signed an NDA. <laughs> so i heard uh, i heard of like i was watching the pulp show the other the other night they said there was only two parts that were the same it was the rear wheel and the shock is this true uh the fork and shock are the same they're revalved and uh the wheels from what i understand but <clears throat> they cut five pounds off the bike uh two and a half pounds is in the new engine a pound is wow. in the air box, and the rest of the weight is elsewhere, like fenders are thinner or something. Yeah, I mean, the front fender looks, like, shorter, and I don't know. The thing looks sleek. 
It looks really good. No, the front fender looks okay. like it's off a uh, a trizinger. <laughs> it looks utterly. It looks what? Yeah. Like a supermoto fender. Yeah. 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 And then with yeah. that number plate. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. any of you guys see the the stock bar pad it comes with? Yeah, it looks yeah. like the Husqvarna one. Yep. Yeah. Like it has a spare spark plug inside. <laughs> That's a half a pound right there, almost, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so let's see what because I got them on the phone this morning and did a little uh, news break, but it's uh, oh, what did it gain? It gained like five. No, oh, I can't. I want to speak to it, but there, there's a horsepower increase. It revs yeah. five hundred RPM higher. Yeah. And uh, yeah, lost weight. Rider triangle is bigger, and the bike is fifty millimeters narrower at the widest point, wow. which is almost two wow. inches. That's crazy. Just when you think like, I mean, a race-proven bike like Yamaha, you know, I mean, uh, clearly it won, you know, the four fifty championship in Supercross. It it's won, you know, it's won some like outdoors, all that won the outdoor series last year with with Ferrandis. They just continue to up the game. You know, it's so crazy how, I don't know, like the evolution of these motorcycles have gotten over this past, like, five-year span, and they just keep trying to improve them. And mm-hmm. sometimes they go backwards. Like, a lot of people, you know, I've talked about, you know, with the KTMs and Huskies this year. But, I mean, hey, hopefully, you know, I mean, from what I've heard already, just with, you know, from the people – around you know i i did send chiz a text and sort of asked him like hey he's like hey man the, the new bike's good so mm. so yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> taylor asked chiz like is it really that much better should we sell all richard stuff and chiz is all yeah yeah dude yeah yeah, yeah get rid of it <laughs> um, oh you know what else so like i was kind of surprised to see that a cable clutch still right but uh, mm-hmm. it sounds like Eli put the kibosh on the hydraulic clutch. So it's cable. And there's going to be a GYTR hydraulic clutch conversion kit that you could buy for it. That's cool. There you go. So Did they make any mention of like a factory edition or is that monster edition? No, the monster edition is just black plastic and monster logos. Yeah. <clears throat> um, they changed the GYTR app quite a bit. There's... Uh, Remember how we were raving about the KTM Factory Edition app that they had for like one season? Um, yep. It's cool. The, they still have the option to do the the ignition mapping with all those numbers, the grid of numbers. But there is a slider uh, like the KTM. You know, you just want more torque, slide it over to the right, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's traction control on the bike now that's controlled through the app. It's not like a bar-mounted button that's going to crowd the handlebars even more and uh the new app has like uh suggestions on it like you know, like it says if you ride this kind of track do this power band yeah uh, do this kind of clickers on your suspension so i think uh i think they're making the bike super uh super tunable of course like it's always been but they're also making it like kind of educational for the riders because like how many times have we had guys like ah, my front end's too harsh and they're like clicking out and making it more harsh right they got to go and stiffer yeah so i don't know but they say late october for that which means shootouts in like november december probably i'm sure 
And that also means less time for guys like privateers, like we might know that are on this podcast that are thinking about riding a Yamaha. Less time to get a bike dialed, right? Even the Club MX guys, like you got to wonder if they're going to be in the same scenario as some of the KTM teams this year and have to race this year's current bike next year. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that would be interesting because they're trying to figure out what all that's going to be next year. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, but, you know, uh, if I'm Yamaha, you know, mm-hmm. they, you know, and I've, uh, I'm friends with some of the Yamaha guys, and, you know, they want these guys on the new bike. So yeah. hopefully they have, they'll, hopefully they have a plan for parts. You know, I mean, I don't know how the aftermarket parts would go, like, say, you know, clutch plates or something like, you know. Yeah, the clutch is different. It's a, it's a smaller, yeah. thinner clutch or something. Yeah, so I don't know how that stuff would work, but, you know, if I'm Yamaha, I would want, you know, the uh, supporting Yamaha teams to be on the new bike that, you know, Yamaha is trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Ari, if you decide to go on your own and you're a Yamaha guy, I, I can pledge our test bike to your support. Man. That means a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what my plan is. Uh, it's, it's up in the air. I don't know what I want to do next year. Who knows? I might just, you know, just have to just become a host for Swap Model Live. Maybe so. <laughs> hey, I have an idea. If our Stark Varg comes, why don't you race that? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that would be sick, huh? Yeah. There's no clutch on that bitch, though. Oh, it's gotta! I gotta have a clutch. I at least gotta have a lever or something there. We'll put it doesn't a lever. Have to work anything. We'll put a lever on that just has like a pipe spring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can pull a yeah. lever. Yeah, could yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, could you, you imagine Popeye? Your left arm would yeah. look like Popeye just doing nothing on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine if they like they put the front brake on the left hand side where the clutch is, and I'm out there and I just like start using it like a clutch. And I yeah. just freaking over the bar. Smash the thing on the face of a jump or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. What else? Are we closing up shop here, or is there something else? The new buy. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything going on this weekend in California? I mean, Surf Cross is going on uh, yesterday right. and today. Kenny right. Taco Bell out there just. Uh, Who won moto? You know, just. Who won the motos? I don't know. I think Kenny got 14th. That's that's all I know. <laughs> oh, he got his number. That's his number on his bike, right? Yeah. Um, he's back on the grind though, Kenny Bell. He's back on the grind. Back on the grind. Yeah. Has he been riding your e-bike? He has. Yeah, he has. Um, he's wanted to get back into riding his dirt bike a little bit more. That's why he wanted, you know, go out there and do surfer cross. Mm-hmm. I asked him how his gear fit. He said, "Not that good, dude." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so he was like me at Glen yeah. Helen yesterday. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm. So I rode a. Uh, I rode a super cool mountain bike trail on Sunday with uh, Todd Chakwa, who is a, uh, I think, who's he test for? Kiefer? Dirt rider? Kiefer, yeah. yeah. But I rode with him and Mike Ulrich from Yamaha. It's badass trail, undisclosed location. I think there's like 25 double jumps on it. And one of them's over this big canyon. And uh, we were going to go back tonight, and Todd went and rode yesterday, and some super douchers broke all the jumps with shovels and picks. And... Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That's lame. 
Oh, Dang, you went with Ulrich yesterday, so you're really trying to get the inside scoop on this Yamaha. No, I went with today, him, huh? I went with him Sunday. Yeah, the whole time we were climbing oh, up the did? hill. Oh, okay. Whole time we we're climbing up the hill. I'm all okay. So when does the press release come out? And he's all Wednesday at nine. I'm all okay. So does like the media get it at like eight? And he's like, nope. Worldwide launch nine o'clock. I'm all you fuckers. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was literally at my computer at nine, hitting refresh, refresh, waiting for it to come, and didn't come till nine o two. So I got to give him crap about that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Other than that, uh, Anton, stay safe out at Unadilla. Don't let the hill people get you. Yeah, it should be a good one this weekend. It's only supposed to be like seventy-eight. Really? Oh, wow. That's it. Yeah. All right. Wait. Wow. Is there a challenge with you going to the race, seeing as uh, your better half is uh, quarantined? No, she's good now. She's better now. She's already recovered. Yeah, she's better now. She already well, yeah. The okay, so is there a new strain of COVID now? Because, like, I know the most recent one, it was like, oh, yeah, well, if you don't feel symptoms, you're okay after three days. Uh, I mean, Monkey I'm pox, sure dude. Something. Yeah, I don't know. She Like, she was legit sick, and I was like, fuck. So then I had to go jump through all the hoops, and so I tested negative and all that because I didn't want to make anybody sick at the ranch or anything. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, God knows everybody was around. God knows everybody at the beer tents and on the starting line and all that stuff. So it's mm-hmm. just like whatever. But at the I same could... time, it's that whole right. bit. But uh, yeah, no, she's good now. She's good. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. So uh, everyone, thank you for listening to the Kickstart podcast presented by Pro Taper. We will talk to you the Monday after Unadilla. Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.